The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garan Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're catching up again with the US-focused gold explorer slash developer, Dateline Resources. There's been some real excitement around the company recently since we last spoke, and we have Dateline's managing director, Stephen Baghdadi, with us today to bring us up to speed on the developments. Those developments include the release of findings from a geological review of historical exploration data at the recently acquired Coliseum Gold Mine in California, and the appointment of contractors to bring the Gold Links Gold Project in Colorado into production. And there's also a breakthrough there on the all sorting front. Dateline trades under the code DTR or Delta Tango Romeo, and last traded at 11 cents for a market cap of 42 million. That's up substantially since we last spoke with the company in mid-March ahead of the group's share consolidation. The news around Coliseum and Gold Links has been behind the, the group's growth in market cap, and it has to be said the recovery in the gold price to more than uh, US $1,900 an ounce hasn't hurt either. So with that, I'll say good day to Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the podcast, and thanks for your time today. Good day, Barry. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, thanks, Stephen. Now, if I could, just a quick refresher for listeners on Coliseum before I get into uh, the detail around the uh, geological review. Coliseum is in San Bernardino County in California and was acquired from Barrick, which has been rationalising its portfolio since last year's merger with Rangold. Uh, Coliseum operated between 1988 and 1993 and produced 345,000 ounces of gold from a 2.5 grams a tonne head grade. And like a lot of mines at the time, it succumbed to the prevailing US $350 an ounce gold price at the time. So, okay, Stephen, tell us about the geological review and what the, the key findings were. Sure. Well, Barry, I mean, you're absolutely right. The uh, the gold price back then, uh, I think it was definitely below $350 uh, an ounce when the mine closed down. Mm-hmm. And there left plenty of gold behind. So the BP data tells us that uh, we're dealing with two brush pipes, which we knew. We have uh, a high-grade brush pipe and a lower-grade brush pipe, and they are clearly marked and they, they, they're you know, sort of uh, the, the boundaries are well known of each. Mm-hmm. The high-grade pressure pipe, uh, looking at the bench model, uh, starts at about two grams per tonne at 6,000 feet above sea level. And by the time the benches get down to 5,000 feet, uh, the BP records say that the grade is up to about 4.4 grams. There's quite a variance. Right. Um, now, the, uh, the high grade is located in something called the rubble rock pressure mm-hmm. inside the pressure pipe. Uh, we're still going through the data to get an exact dimensions, but preliminary readings are that this rubble rock pressure is a roughly a zone of about 75 metres by 20 metres. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is still present uh, about 2,600 feet, which is, I think, uh, Oh, I can't remember how many metres down hole, but uh, 750, 800 metres down hole, but certainly way below the resource shell that defined the 1.1 million ounces of gold. Now, 
The other pipe, uh, the gold is more, it's, it's a more homogenous pipe. The gold is evenly distributed and it fluctuates between 1.1 and 1.3 grams per tonne. And in this particular case, one of the things that we like about this is that if you were to go underground and mine this, uh, you would be able to extract the high grade pipe first, and that would keep you busy for nine or 10 years. Mm. Uh, presumably the price of gold moves up and then you're already down there. You've got the infrastructure there. Uh, you move over and you extract the lower grade pipe uh, later. Mm. So it's actually, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like a, you couldn't have planned it better. Uh, in an overarching sense, BP's um, gross figure was 1.1 million ounces. Yeah, it was slightly above 1.1 million. And how much of that was mined by then? Or others? Well, well, 344,000 ounces produced, as you alluded, mm -hmm. and uh, the recoveries were between 90 and 93%. So if mm -hmm. you say 90, 380,000 ounces have been extracted. Right. So we're looking at potentially 700,000 uh, remaining. Absolutely. 700,000 mm -hmm. remaining. Uh, and if you look at the BP model uh barrier just what they did not we're not saying it's you know it can be replicated we've got to be careful because the job code and the asx and so on mm -hmm. but, but what they bp did uh and again i stress we may not replicate it right. was they defined approximately 700 ounces of gold per vertical foot right now let's stay in feet for the moment mm -hmm. uh, so that was down to 900 feet now we've got another that's on the West Pipe, 700 ounces per vertical foot. Uh, now, we've just got another um, eight, uh, 1,700 feet there, uh, which we know the, the Brescia Pipe continues. And on the East Pipe, they delineated 600 feet per vertical foot. So combined, 1,300 feet per vertical foot. Mm -hmm. You've got another 1,750 feet. If we are able to replicate it, that's two and a quarter million ounces. Yeah. Um, and you've still got 700,000 ounces there. Mm. So it's actually an exciting prospect. Oh, very much so. The uh, so the forward plan from here then? Well, I think we are we've still got to review the data, and we're going to, we're going to rebuild the model uh, before we make any firm plans. But certainly, uh, the plans include you know a, a field program that would have to include a field program where we not only go back and try to verify uh, the remaining ounces, but uh, drill deeper and identify more. Mm, okay. Let's see if we could, uh, like we all appreciate the sensitivities around what's jaw compliant, what's not jaw compliant, what's a historical resource, what's not a historical resource. But is it fair enough to suggest that uh, BP being BP, uh, BP Minerals was a division of BP Petroleum mm -hmm. um, when oil companies had more money than they knew what to do with and they all jumped into minerals for a while. Yes. What's your understanding of the quality of the data that you've been seeing? It's excellent. Mm. It's excellent. I mean, they're really well documented. Of course, it was pre-sophisticated IT systems, like, you know, you know mm. all, so therefore a lot of it is still uh, paper format. Uh, we have received an additional 140 boxes of data from Barrick, which we are currently scanning and digitizing. That will be a two or three month process. Uh, we will have that data reviewed by an independent resource geologist, mm -hmm. and that resource geologist will then tell us uh, what we need to do in the field uh, to uh, to verify that data. But certainly, 
uh, the data is intact and uh, and once it's digitized it'll be uh, not too difficult to, uh, to to create a 3d model and something that we can work with mm, and I guess in a sense uh, it, your task there is aided by the fact that the mineralization is contained in these two uh, two pipes yes really simple it's just mm. uh, the dimensions of the pipes so they're both about the same they're roughly uh, again in feet roughly 800 by 400 one is slightly larger than the other but we're just working on the basis of 800 by 400 uh, for each one and it's contained so uh, in terms of drilling it out uh, that's a real bonus because you don't have to uh, constantly move the drill rig uh, to move along strike of the of the structure in the vein you can park it virtually in the one spot and use directional drilling to cover the whole pipe Mm -hmm. uh down to three three and a half thousand feet okay so in terms of getting back out into the field and drilling when when's that likely to occur uh i would aim for the fourth quarter this year to get out there it's uh it's hot there at the moment uh it's in the middle of desert and all the drillers in america are really busy Mm -hmm. so you're not going to be able to find any drillers really until uh late september early october maybe this year Right. And by then, your review would have reached the point, well, this is what we need to uh, do to confirm the upside of this project. Yep, exactly. Okay. Exciting stuff. The market uh, certainly liked, uh, there was a big response. I think the stock was up 5,000%, I think. (laughs) That that includes the consolidation. Yes, of course. (laughs) So... uh, what, working back the 11 cents to a pre-consolidated price, what was? It's uh, roughly 0.4. So 0.4, uh, 0.4 times 25 is 10. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's a 0.44, I guess. Yeah, and I think when we spoke in March, you were 0.03. So That's right. So yeah. it's, not a, it's not a huge move, that's for sure. But yeah, I think no. we'll get a re-rate once we get boots on the ground and people start seeing things happening. Mm. Yeah, I guess an easier uh, measure of the value uplift was market cap. I think market cap at the time was about 34 and you've come up to 42. So, yes. yeah. so as spectacular as that gain looked, um, there's leverage to the upside as the Coliseum story unfolds in the year ahead. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. All right, let's uh, swing across to Colorado and just a quick refresher there as well. Uh, since 2016, the company's been consolidating the ground position there. It now has a string of four per- permitted historic high-grade gold mines um, and 50 kilometres away by road, you own the Lucky Strike Mill uh, and the historic mine there. Right. Now, there's been two announcements uh, of significance from the company on the gold link. Uh, let's take the ore sorting first. Um, what did you find from your ore sorting studies? Well, the ore sorting came in pretty much in line with what we expected. We know that the vein that we're dealing with here, again, I'm going to stick to feet for a moment, uh, is roughly two to four feet with an mm. average of about two and a half, sorry, between two and a half and three. Now, we wanted to take a sample uh, that would be the equivalent uh, size of a, um, you know, of a, of a heading if you were mining it with mechanised with equipment, mechanized equipment. Now, that would be five foot. Uh, the smallest jumbo on the market is about a 1.2 meter jumbo, mm-hmm. uh, which is four foot. So you'd be mining five foot. And uh, there are mines around the world that do mechanized mining and they do it reasonably well at a five foot width. So we took a five foot section of the vein. We took the vein and we took equal amounts either side of the vein. Uh, 
and we uh, it totaled about 850 kilos. This was phase two of the trial. The phase one was 160 kilos uh, late last year, and mm-hmm. uh, it was worth the follow-up. Now, the 850 kilos arrived, and we were expecting roughly a 30 to 40% reduction because that's all the waste there was, either side of the vein. You know, most of it was vein, and then there was a, you know, a foot either side out of five foot. So roughly we were expecting that kind of reduction anyway, back to the vein. Mm-hmm. And that's what we got. Uh, and the grade uh, improved dramatically. It went from a, a head grade of about 15%. Well, the, the sample had a head grade of about 15 grams, and yeah. it ended up at somewhere close to 22 grams or 21.7 grams, whatever. Uh, so it's a tremendous uh, uplift in the grade. It, I mean, it was already high grade to start with, even with yeah. the dilution, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but to get it back down to the vein proper or near enough to the vein proper at 21 grams is really encouraging. Uh, what that really means is obviously we get a lot more productivity per tonne uh, in terms of uh, product, like gold product out of it, and it costs us uh, less to process. So yeah. the the dynamics of buying an ore sorter um, are very good. The, 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 the economics of it and the dynamics of it, it works really well. And the gold, and I guess being able to sort now means we can seriously entertain mechanized mining. Yeah. Mm. And that reduces our costs even lower. Mm. So it's all pointing to what, reduce milling costs, increase grades, and therefore increase production from the plant. Yep. Absolutely. Mm. So you know, you you know, uh, if you're hand mining, you're looking at roughly 105 to 110 dollars a ton. If mm. you're mechanized mining, it's roughly 50 dollars a ton. Yeah. So it's a material difference. Okay. Uh, without getting too technical about it, uh, the the gold is hosted in quartz reef, is it? Yeah, it's a quartz vein, and uh, it sits with a, with sulfides like galena and uh, and pyrite. Mm. So I was just wondering what the ore sorter actually does. Does it pick up? Uh, rejects the non-quartz material, essentially? Yeah. So there are two ways that you can do. There are two processes that we used. The first one was an X-ray, and that just looks for anything sulfide. Right. Right. Picks it up, boom, sorts it out. Now, uh, Tomra have a second machine which uses laser, and the laser uh, shines on the rock, and if it's got quartz on it, it just lights up, and it Mm. separates it out. Mm. Now, the machine that we're about to trial has both X-ray and laser in the one unit and that's what we're keen to see uh, how how that comes out because we might be able to improve on that uh, result right and if all goes well your what is it thirty three thousand tons per annum plant could theoretically become a forty five thousand tons per annum plant sorry exactly without needing to upgrade it mm. and the grade and the grade improves mm. okay so what what's the uh, forward plan with all sorting well i think we do the next test definitely uh, and we probably get the results back, uh, you know, two to three months from now, mm-hmm. and then make a decision to okay. to buy it. I, I think we've already made the decision that we're going to get it. Just a question of which one. Yeah. Okay. So theoretically, you could be a gold producer when you think from Gold Links. The current uh, development plan sees us paralleling the vein for about uh, seventeen hundred feet and being able to access the vein and start extracting uh, material in the fourth quarter of this year. Okay. And uh, as a, to achieve that, I see you've appointed some contractors? Yes, we have. We appointed a specialist narrow vein uh, contractor, 
we put the job out to tender. We received, uh, you know, half a dozen or so interested parties. And we chose this company because they have relevant experience with narrow vein underground mining in Idaho. And, right. uh, you know, things are, the relationship has developed over the last few months. And I think we're going to have a good working relationship with these guys. Hmm. Uh, the gold links, um, is there a resource base yet or is it the mining there, because of narrow vein, high grade, will it essentially be uh, suck and see, just keep mining until... The, no. no, 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 there's a bit more to it than that. Well, I mean, yes, at some level, no, not, not really actually, no. What it is, we've got a 33,000 tonne resource there. Hmm. Uh, we know that the inferred resource in the was about seven grams per ton, and when we drilled it some more, uh, the indicated became fourteen grams per ton. Right. So the relationship so far between inferred and indicated, indicated is double the inferred. Now one one of the pockets has got uh, seven to fourteen, in uh, like I said, uh, inferred indicated. The other pocket's only got ten grams inferred. We haven't drilled it close enough. So mm. when we get down close to it and we drill it, uh, you know, we'll see what the actual final grade will be. But uh, along the way, we're drilling the vein. So we know where it is. Yeah. We know where the mining took place above where we are. Uh, we know that this thing continues at depth, okay, and therefore we will drill it as we go down to identify more resources so that by the time we actually cross over to the vein later this year and start extracting it, uh, we would have hopefully tripled that 33,000 tonnes, closer to 100,000 tonnes by the time we uh, get down to mining it. And then we can see ourselves, even with ore sorting mm. uh, and mechanised mining, with enough resource ahead of us for at least two years. Right. And um, all nice high-grade material. Yes, very mm. high-grade material. Hopefully the price of gold keeps going, so even more valuable. Mm. Now, you have a lot on the go. Uh, how's the company off of financing it? Financing is good. We're strong. I mean, we, uh, you know, we obtained financing from a financial institution over there, and they've basically said to us that uh, so long as our asset base is 110% of our borrowings, they're, they're prepared to give us whatever money we need to actually uh, keep th things going. But as mm -hmm. it stands, we've got about $6 million in the bank, US, roughly. Mm -hmm. right. Um and we're certainly uh, not in need of any money in the short term. And the objective would be uh, use this money to get ourselves into production uh, and then use the uh, income to, 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 to continue the company. Yeah, to uh, become self-funding and a little uh, further out to look for the, the much larger scale production likely to come from Coliseum at some point. Exactly. Mm. That's the plan. The other thing also, just while we're talking about assets, one of the things uh, about the company is that we actually we actually own the real estate in Colorado. And, mm. you know, the, uh, the, a lot of Australians don't, don't appreciate that. Um, well, it's a completely different system over there. If you own the freehold, you own the mineral rights. Mm. And that's the situation with us. So we actually, uh, any of the uh, money that we've borrowed from the bank over there is secured by real estate. Okay. It, does, it does not affect the corporate, the, the parent entity, Dateline Resources, at all. All the debt is ring-fenced around the real estate in Colorado. Okay. And when we're talking real estate, we're not talking um, prime real estate. We're talking it's, 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 it, well, what's well, its I mean, main it's use? Rural. Yeah, yeah, it's rural. Okay. It's oh. that rural and uh, 
you know, it's a uh, yeah. Essentially, it's rural. It's mountains. It's it's in the Rocky Mountains essentially. So mm. quite valuable. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's bring it all together and uh, give investors a feel for what the well the year's almost over, but uh, the rest of twenty twenty one. What should uh, they be looking out for from the company? Development, exploration, and production at Gold Links, and mm. uh, we'll be providing regular updates uh, on on the progress there. So I think. Um, Certainly by the end of this year, we'd be hoping to turn that mill back on and get into production. At Coliseum, we want the drill rig on site by about October. Right. To drill and uh, prove up the historical resource and uh, drill for extensions of it. Right. Well, there you go, folks. Interesting story. Um, some real excitement around uh, both projects. Uh, one with a near-term production uh, likelihood and the uh, Coliseum to come in once it's all confirmed up. So with that, Stephen, uh, thanks for your time today. Much appreciated and good luck with it all. Thanks, Barry. Thank you very much.